Hello, I'm Sean Gilligan and welcome to the School Jotter podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be discussing multi-academy trusts and in particular, we're going to focus on communication. Joining the discussion today is Arthur Howie, Product Portfolio Manager for the Education Division at Web Anywhere. And he's joined by Lawrence Contreras and Sam Dixon, who are both learning consultants working in the education sector. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me on today. Hello, Sean. Thanks for having us on today. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Uh, pleased to be on the show. Back in 2010, the Academies Act introduced converter academies, which gave all local authority maintained schools in England the right to convert to academy status. Academy schools are state-funded schools in England and are directly funded by the Department for Education and are independent of local authority control. Academy trusts are the companies that run academies and are charities in law, and the first 200 trusts were required to register with the Charity Commission. There are currently 1,170 multi-academy trusts in England that manage at least two schools. 29 mats have 26 or more schools, 85 have between 12 to 25 schools, and 259 have 6 to 11 schools. The majority of mats, 598, have five or fewer schools. Let's kick off the conversation by starting with Lawrence and Sam. And I'd like to ask you both the question of what's the difference between uh, working with a multi-academy trust and a school that is still controlled by the local authority? I'd say the main difference between working with a multi-academy trust and a school is a multi-academy trust or a school within a multi-academy trust seems to act a little bit more like a business Um so the the decision making process is is slightly different. Um, they have, they're a little bit more thorough with things like that. But also, uh, you know that because they're managing their own money, or they're able to spend their money whenever they want. They don't have to get clarification from the LEA. Um, that they operate slightly differently. Although they might be a bit more thorough with the purchase, they can be much faster as well, and it can happen year round. How do multi-academy trusts operate and what's the difference between working with a mat, for example, and working with an individual school that perhaps is still part of a local authority? One thing that differs between the two is the decision maker when it comes to spending. Obviously, with regards to the academies, they're state funded, um, but they're independent of the local authority. So they uh, operate their funding differently. They have more freedom. Obviously, with regards to maintained schools, local authority schools, they still have different levels of involvement um, from the local authority. So that can impact decision-making uh, around the school. Well, as I just touched on before, um, the main difference is a mass is able to manage its own budget. So although schools do have their own budgets, they would have to get sign off from the LEA, um, especially if it's over a certain price of what they're purchasing. Whereas a mat is able to decide what it wants to do for itself, or a school within that mat can just decide what it would like to do for itself. It is given a, a pot of money from the mat, and they are then uh, given the autonomy to to decide what would suit their school and their pupils and their staff the best. 
Now, when it comes to the financials, one of the benefits of being part of a multi-academy trust is buying power and collaboration, shared resources. So what are you seeing in the marketplace in terms of schools clubbing together to get better procurement deals or perhaps uh, using teaching resources shared across a network of schools? One thing that I've seen um, within multi-academy trusts, which I'm sure Lawrence will probably echo, is that a percentage of individual school budget is able to be put into a central pot and then they can distribute that to where it's most needed. So again, that's a, a really positive thing for, for schools within a multi-academy trust. It's definitely one of the key motivators that I've seen for especially the smaller multi-academy trusts popping up that are just at primary level. Um, it might be a head teacher who's got friends who are other head teachers in the, in the local area um, and they aren't part of any trust. They think, you know what, we could start up a trust and and save some money on anything. Yeah, it could be pens, books, tables and chairs, playground equipment, um, websites and branding, all that sort of stuff, um, how to communicate with parents. If five schools are clubbing together to buy more from one provider, then they're going to get a much better deal. Um, so I've noticed that that is a key motivator for schools uh, for schools doing such a thing. And even schools that aren't in maths sometimes just set up partnerships or federations. We've got federations of three schools where they just want one website to provide for three schools instead of paying for three websites. Um, so that's that's the key the key motivator for that being done. I think it's the uh, sort of typical thing of strength in numbers. So the more schools that are part of that mat, uh, the more, more websites they'll be buying at a time or the more whatever the resources at a time. Uh, so it's only natural to get a better deal. I think the other thing, because of the way that they operate, um, much more similar to traditional businesses, um, when a mat is looking to buy something, which naturally is going to be a higher value because there's more schools, uh, there's more process around that. So the procurement process, you know, they'll, they'll go to market, um, uh, RFI, RFP sort of process uh, in order to to make the best value uh, decision, which you know, it's not necessarily the cheapest thing, but it's whatever is going to be that best value for, for the school and for the kids. When it comes to communication, content management, and the ability to have that consistency across the trust, how are various trusts managing this change? So for example, when a new school joins a mat how are they brought on board and how is that uniformity of systems and processes brought to bear? Because quite often you'll have a school that has their own systems and processes and then they've got to start adopting the uh, systems and the processes of the mat. You can go one of two ways. We do have um, heads of multi-academy trusts who, if the schools are brought on and they're a good school, they're an outstanding school, they think they've got a winning formula already there's no need to rock the boat so they don't force them to have a new website let's say or a new mas system whereas other marts do force schools into their way of working so they have to be rebranded um they have to have uh, new websites new communication tools new mis um and schools can feel quite indifferent about this some schools will think great it's taken out of my hands i don't have to worry about it i don't have to make a decision it's all been made for me but others are quite proud of what they've done and they might be quite proud of their website they're parents are using the communication app very well um, and they're being forced away from that uh, so it it can go both ways and it can be responded to uh, quite differently as well i think in most scenarios it's a gradual thing so it's not usually 
uh, sort of snap decision when the schools join the mat to suddenly uh, roll out these new processes, roll out these new systems. Um, I think that it makes more sense in terms of uh, just practicality and probably from a financial point of view uh, to do things a little bit slower. Um, so you will let the existing contracts run their course for the services, the website, um, uh, whatever. And then when, when those individual contracts come up uh, for renewal, it's then the time that the mat will then take those uh, to the incumbent supplier that the mat is using, has an arrangement with. Um, and it's quite a sort of natural process. And that's probably over the course of a year or two from the school joining the mat. Now, one of the biggest challenges for multi-academy trusts is failing to view a MAT as a single organisation which brings about fundamental change to the identity of schools within it. And this is, you know, one of the key challenges facing MATs. And this is according to the Moving MATs Forward, the Power of Governance, a new comprehensive report from the National Governance Association. So what more can MATs do to uh, ensure that the schools are acting as one body? Well, um, to start with, they could mirror each other's curriculum. So there's a curriculum which is uh, exact, exactly the same across all, let's say, the primary schools within that mat. Um, you could also have standard uh, standardised websites and branding. Um, you could also have shared policies, which a lot of the multi-academy trusts will do. So the policies are the same across all schools. Um one thing that I've noticed is the school individual schools might not have a business manager, but the mat will have a business manager who goes and does one day a week at each school. Uh, so that is another way that they can act more as one body. The person who's actually managing the money for each school does work for the mat um, and so has their fingers in all the pies across across the organisation. Um, I think that's something that can can really be helpful a balancing act uh, that needs to be achieved here in that it's all well and good taking the sort of standard services um you know going out to tender and getting those standardized across you know if you've got a, a supplier for one resource or you know it makes sense for that to be the same across them all um but also i think it's important that each individual school uh, within the trust can keep its own identity uh, and i think you know we need to look at making the most out of the teachers that are there because ultimately you can't replicate people, um, you know, so you have to celebrate the individuals that are there and their own sort of flavour that they're bringing to things. When you're talking to schools, what are the key benefits of a school being part of a multi-academy trust? I think there's quite a lot of advantages to it, especially if you look at um, sort of rural schools, um, which can be more affected by the number of pupils uh, in terms of their funding. Uh, so if you have a, a dip in pupil numbers one year uh, in terms of your intake, that could have quite a profound effect on your funding. Um, whereas if you're part of a mat and there's there's multiple rural schools or there's some larger sort of schools as part of that, then the the variances in pupil numbers kind of gets absorbed across the whole level. So in terms of funding, schools that are part of that can sort of be funded from the other schools uh, to a degree if there's sort of essential things that they need to do uh, within that school the key benefits of being within a multi-academy trust is it creates stronger leadership because the leaders and teachers within the school uh, or within the setting can combine their knowledge and abilities to plan work or to, to overcome challenges um, they can obviously draw on each other's experiences to, to come to the correct decision when making tough 
tough calls for, for the trust. So that's one of the key benefits that I, I found. The benefit of being part of a multi-academy trust is the more financially efficient in a standalone school because obviously a lot of the services are centralised. So again, that's a, a benefit that you see a lot with a school that's part of a MAT. Following on from that, uh, again, linked to the way they financially run uh, within a multi-academy trust, they're able to focus the funds where they're most needed. Um, so that, again, is, is a key benefit for a lot of schools. Another thing which makes MATs a little bit different from uh, independent schools within Nellier is that the the MAT that they join doesn't have to be geographically next to the school. So they can form part of a MAT, uh, which is maybe based around shared ethos or, or something like that. Um, rather than just geography, which I think gives schools a little bit more uh, creativity, almost in terms of who they want to be and how they want to join. Using modern technology, how can school leaders and teachers combine their knowledge across a multi-academy trust to improve planning and work on challenges together and solutions together? Not so much around challenges, um, but one key feature we've... um, created within our school jotter platform is a centralized area to manage policies quite often within a multi-academy trust um, it's the same document that's got to be published and updated across maybe 15 to 20 schools so we now have a centralized uh, area where that can be managed and pushed out throughout the school so there's not that um, repetition of, of work just to follow on to what sam said there um, one of the new releases we've just done uh, with school jotter 2.9 uh, as well as policy management, it also has a new organisations module. Uh, and what we can do is we can link up uh, the, the sort of separate accounts within the mat uh, for, to sort of go to each academy. And it means that that can be centrally managed. So the if you've got an IT coordinator or, or somebody at the mat level, they can then go in, see what's enabled across each account, uh, and then they can log in there to administer each account separately if they want to as well. When it comes to school-to-school support, what best practice have you seen and what platforms and technology has enabled uh, schools to collaborate, communicate and learn from one another in a digital world? Clearly, we've got COVID going on at the moment and social distancing. So this has obviously been a challenge for a lot of multi-academy trusts. In terms of best practices, I I couldn't really tell you. I've not seen anything that springs to mind with... um, what's going on behind the scenes at multi-academy trusts. Um, I do know that many of them are using programs like Microsoft Teams, um, which enables you to have sort of chat, but then really cool drop boxes like SharePoint um, and the ability to create lots of folders and share documents that, that people can add to. Um, and you have a similar thing with uh, G Suite with Google and Google Hangouts, um, but Teams is the more common. And in terms of um, communicating um, with with this parents, um, the one pr- product I've seen is Jotter Call, which is integrated in the school Jotter mobile app and allows parents to contact uh, teachers at set times um, in the day that are allotted, saying the teacher will be available to speak to. Um, that's been quite unique um, with, with re- remote learning and, and homeschooling. So just to follow on from Lawrence, I think it's been very interesting um, to see how different schools have approached this. I wouldn't say that I've seen anything where it's where it's obvious that that is the best way to do it. Uh, but I think we're very fortunate the amount of digital tools that there are right now. Um, 
which do allow uh, people to communicate uh, remotely for pupils to do work. Um, you know, I've certainly at, at local schools, I've seen very good examples of how the school is trying to keep in touch with the kids and trying to engage them. Uh, and it's a multi-channel thing. So using mobile apps, uh, content on Facebook to involve the parents um, and, you know, the learning platform. So I wouldn't say there's a best way to do it, uh, but there are a lot of schools using tools very well uh, in order to work together through this. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for the guests uh, of the show today to Arthur, Lawrence and Sam. It's very much appreciated. And um, it's been good talking about the whole movement of multi-academy trust because um, whilst they've been around um, a long time, not all schools are part of MATS. Uh, new mats are being formed and new schools are joining all of the time. So thanks for uh, the discussion. It's been very informative. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, uh, pleasure as always, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this School Jotter podcast on Multi-Academy Trust. If you've enjoyed it, do subscribe, share on social media. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.